Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, or the end of Friday, May 26th in the year 2023. Wow, <clears throat> it's been a long week, it seems. This has been an interesting week. It just seems like it has gone on longer, at least from my point. You get to the end of these weeks and you're kind of like, wow, that went fast. But at the same time, it just seems like there was a lot of stuff we covered this week. And so I just want to kind of chill a little bit tonight as we kind of settle into wherever the Holy Spirit leads us. And we'll, I'm sure it'll be interesting. So sit back, pour yourself a cup of coffee, because I did. And um, let's see where the Holy Spirit takes us tonight. I think it's going to be pretty good. Hey, one thing right now, uh, if you haven't considered it, and that is the air quality in your home, which I find to be, I'm appreciating more and more, I'll say it that way. I added this unit called EnviroCleanse, and I've mentioned it, and it's a good unit. And it's got all the things in it that I never thought I would find important. HEPA filter, it's got a mineral filter in it. All these are patent technologies. They are, it's all a U.S.-made unit, which makes me very happy because I don't like buying Chinese stuff. And it's just overall just a fantastic air filtration system. Um, it's going to take out the, the viruses and the bacteria from the air. It takes out the dander. It takes out the dust particulates. takes out aller allergens. And it's just circulating constantly. It's very quiet. It's running right now, in fact, right? And not too far from my mic, which is pretty interesting. And it just does a great job of cleansing all the air. And I, so I would highly recommend you check it out. I think this is one of these products I've come to value far more than I ever thought I would. That doesn't seem out of question these days as we really are trying to pursue better health, better mind, body, spirit positioning. So go to ekpure.com, ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARDS, get 10% off. There's a link, obviously, below the podcast. It's called EnviroCleanse with a K, K-L-E-N-Z. Super well-built product. It's been used by the Navy to help cleanse the air in the ships. And it's, I think it's going to overall have a major effect on just general body health because I just feel it. I walk into the room and it feels better. I don't know if you've had that experience before in a place where you have clean air that's being cleansed, but it's literally really refreshing. So I'd really encourage you to check it out. It's a great product. I'm really happy to have them on board. So Enviro Cleanse, you can get it at, find it at ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARDS, get 10% in free shipping, and you'll find the link below. It's all good. I don't really know where the Lord's going to lead us tonight. I know that today's been a very powerful day of prayer and healing. I think we'll start talking there. And just... Every week we end up with some pretty profound testimonies which remind us truly of our authorities. And I know as we move through those authorities, I'll just tell you, speak from my side, when the Lord breaks me to where I can hardly speak and I'm in tears, we're on, we're on point. We're moving some stuff. We had two and a half hours today of prayer. And, and if you were part of it, thank you. If you weren't um, and you... I would encourage you to join us, even if you can't be for the whole time. This prayer session every Friday is getting longer, and it's a, there's a committed group of prayer warriors that's staying. I'm just very impressed with this. We think of prayer teams in terms of you know a handful of people, but 
there's a core team that's anywhere from 80 to 100 people every week that stays from front to end. And we start out with more than that. And I, I appreciate everybody that comes to, to it, so don't take it this way. But we range between 200 or more down. And then when we, by the time we get through two and a half hours, like there's still 80 to 100 people in chat. And that doesn't count the people that listen to it later. And if you're so called and you want to be part of that program and you can't show up in chat, listen to it later. I mean, God doesn't discern between whether you're in chat or not in chat. And it's all of us coming together and really working very purely with our hearts to bring about the miracles of heaven, which is God working through us to heal, cast out demons, raise the dead, do greater works than he, and, and, and spread the good word. So it's been an interesting week for me. I think we've had a lot of good shows and we've had a lot of good interviews. And, and Fridays is always, a, a, it's exhausting at the end in a good way. Especially when we've had a day like today of two and a half hours of straight prayer warfare. And I saw the comments in chat and I think that others are very much in the same place that we really felt that we were bringing it to the enemy. And like shredding it. And that's really, really good. Because we need to. And, ah, uh, okay, there it goes. Okay, so one of the things that's been real interesting to me in, in this process is where God is opening for me. And I, I want to share that a little bit because I don't think there's any question. <laughs> I don't think anybody has any question that about half the days I'm here, I feel like picking up my sword and going to do holy jihad on the, uh, on the transgender movement that are going after our kids. I don't think there's any question about that. And be like, I'd be like Elizabeth. If you, if I had a castle, <laughs> you would be riding up to my castle and there'd be heads on spikes. And you'd be like, what's that? It's like, well, that was one that went after the kid down the street. That's the one that went after the kid in the, in the classroom. That's the one that was kicking the child because she was white. That, I mean, I, you would just like have a whole history of litany of heads on stakes and spikes. And I, and I really don't mind telling you that because this stuff just enrages me what they're doing to children. And I, this has nothing to do with race, but the fools and the weak are being seduced by this racial hatred. But there's something very powerful that's coming out of the Fridays for me, and I hope you're feeling the same thing. And it's something that I alluded to the other day in one of the shows, or more than alluded to, I kind of spoke it out, but I want I want to share it with you. And that, and that is, I'm very clear where God has me walking, and I think that's a reflection of where, in many ways, where he has many of us walking. And that goes back to what I gave as a, a sermon talk over at the coast at the, rally, at the revival last weekend, which is open carry to open carry our faith as we open carry our arm, our firearm. And I, I'm very I'm very positioned on this to say that is the way we should be. I'm, I think it's more important to open carry right now than to conceal carry, and there's more people agreeing with me, and that means both our metaphorical sword of steel and definitely our sword of spirit. But what Fridays is demonstrating is it's kind of like the, the 
the weapon becomes that protection and strength that we need, knowing that if we actually draw it, and I hope that if you do open carry and carry a firearm, you're making this level of commitment when I'm about ready to say. It is never drawn frivolously. It is never drawn in threat. If you draw that weapon, you are intending to pull the trigger to kill something. It is that simple, other than if you're on the range. But when you have that mindset, you never play. Meaning that, and this is, again, the mindset of what I really enjoy about open carrying, because if if I'm going to reach for that weapon, it's not like I'm walking around trolling with something underneath my shirt, and I'm like, aha, you don't know what I've got, and if you come after me. No, it's right out there in the open, and it's like, you do know what I have. And you understand that if I reach for that, they need to understand my position, that I am committed fully to it. That if I draw that pistol, and I carry my 1911 cocked and locked with round and chamber, that's how I walk with it. So that means that if I draw, all I have to do, and as I draw, I drop the safety. That's how I train. I drop that safety as I, as I draw. I'm now hot and I'm three and a half pounds trigger pull away from dropping a 45 caliber hollow point round onto a target, which in the case of walking around, that means a lethal impact of something. And I don't intend to make it anything other than lethal. So it's a mindset. And I'm conveying this not because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to convey something here. I want you to understand that I hope that people appreciate this is it's not done. I would never draw that pistol like, hey, don't you knock that off and start waving it at somebody. It's there for a reason. It's there for that one line I hope is never crossed. Or I hope that I'm not in a situation where somebody is trying to kill others. But if it's if you get there, that's why that's there. And that's why it will be drawn. And that's why that trigger is three and a half pounds away from dropping somebody dead. Unfortunately, we don't carry the weight of our weapons of war that heaven gives us with the same authority, command, and focus. But what Fridays, I believe in my heart, is demonstrating is that that's how serious we need to be taking them. Again, a reason for me to encourage you to come on Fridays and truly enjoy the experience of praying in and healing people and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit works and to try to literally like use those weapons like we're using a targeting system. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS 
plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTargetPro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. I think if we were to command the authority and the focus that we do with our firearms, again, and I hope that you train. I hope you do. I, and I don't care in what form. I'm, a lot of training can be done in dry fire training. You can draw your weapon and dry fire that and practice drawing what you should be doing, even just 10 times a day. If you, if you draw your weapon 10 times a day, focused and draw and practice, do it slow, don't go fast, and use that as a moment to also dry fire, to draw, pull, make sure it's, just so I say when I'm dry firing, I'm really meaning this, like make sure it's empty. Don't do something ridiculous like, oh, shoot, I forgot there was one in the chamber and then blow a hole in the side of your wall or something. That would be called a negligent discharge, not good. All of these metaphors, though, work with spiritual warfare, and that's why I'm, I'm building this here tonight. Very much where the Holy Spirit wants to roll tonight, so this is where we're going. So I give you, you have a shotgun. You can get dummy rounds that are full shotgun. You can get dummy rounds for everything, and so you can actually practice with having you know, rounds in if you want, but they're dummy rounds. Just make sure that you know they're dummy rounds and not the real deal. But my point is, if you practice just 10 times a day of drawing, aiming, breathing, click, do it again. That's 300 times in a month. That's 600 times in two months. That's 1,200 times in four months. By eight months, you've done this over 2,400 times and you've created muscle memory and you'll be amazed at how much that transforms you, okay? You, you can do it more than that. You can do it 50 times a day. There is a limit though. There's a, there's a cost benefit of this. That is, it's basically declining returns. At about 20 or, if you're well con, used to it, you can probably do it 50 times a day. Really 20 to 25 times of a highly focused moment of drawing and clicking off around is about the max you should start at. I'm not saying don't do that more than that, but that's about the max where you can really keep your focus and then you're going to need a break. And then you can do, and then you can come back to it. But in a single session, that should probably be your limit. And it's there that you start to really develop this deeper muscle memory and you start to develop the feel and comfort of the weapon. There is a, um, a young lady online and I'm going to see if I can find her site real quick because she's on YouTube and she goes by Freedom Feathers. Freedom Feathers. You should check her out. And there's a reason I say this. She's self-taught in uh, archery. And she's unbelievably good. She uses a recurve. And she's just been steady over a few years. And she, she's actually a mergers and acquisitions person. That's what she does. She's married. She's um, they have a nice life. And she does in her spare time 
She does archery with a recurve, and she's built out over the last two or three years an incredible capability. She is literally at about 20 yards. She regularly is doing things like shooting her arrow and hitting a drip of water, shooting her arrow and splitting a, a, a hair, a strand of hair, shooting an arrow and putting it through a hole the size of your pinky. I'm not kidding. She's just very, very talented. And she's done this through the discipline of focus and doing something every day. Same with dry fire of your pistol. Same with your rifle. I'm just using pistol because we were talking open carry. So that sort of discipline applies to spiritual warfare. And, I, and as I look and I reflect every Friday and how what we're doing, we're truly seeing the accomplishments of spiritual warfare. When you go out on a range, what you want to see is you want to see the impact of your rounds on target to see how your pattern is. What's it look like? When I was shooting at one time, I remember I was sending some of my targets over to a buddy of mine in Afghanistan who worked with Ground Branch. Ground Branch is the CIA's elite unit. And it was really awesome because he could look at my targets and he'd be like, okay, Scott, you're not breathing right here. You're not doing this here. And he would just look at the pattern of my rounds and be able to tell me what I was doing wrong. And that's what I was prepping, preparing to deploy. And a lot of what we're witnessing in spiritual warfare is, is some of this. We're seeing the actual effect of what we're doing. And I, I do this assessment, which would be what one might refer to as an after-action report after every Friday. And I do it with myself and I do it with God. And I kind of look at what we've done. And I know how I feel when I pray. And I know those moments when the Holy Spirit hits me and I'm truly choked up in tears and I'm humbled before the Father. I know when times I don't feel like my heart is quite as humbled as it should be or I'm edged on something, right? But I'm also very interested in the feedback. And this is when we get these praise reports and they come back and they start laying out some of the things that are happening. So one of the stories that was going on here was a young lady, and it goes back last week, we heard the story that this young lady um, had been brought in by one of our B-dads into their home. Um, one of our Bars Nation people had brought her into her home, and she had apparently been basically kicked out or rejected by her own mother. This is, the, this is the young lady. She had had some issues with drugs and other things, and she came into this home. One of our Bars Nation's people did, and, or invited her in, worked with her, got her to love Jesus, brought Jesus into her life, introduced her that way. And then they, there was some sort of falling out, which can happen. I mean, it sounds like the bad habits kind of resurfaced and, and they had to part ways. But this young lady ended up falling pretty hard. And um, she went back on drugs and she was unconscious for like five minutes without oxygen and ended up in ICU and our Bars Nation person asked for prayers and was reconnecting with her. And the situation was pretty dire. They had a feeding tube down her throat, or a, a ventilator, sorry, and, they, and it didn't look promising at all. In fact, they weren't even sure she was going to make it. So we were asked to pray, and we did. And this is literally like rounds on target now. This is when... Sometimes you're praying and you don't know, and you don't even know if you're if you're hitting steel, if you're if you're getting a tight pattern or a dispersed pattern. You can't really tell because you're not getting enough feedback to even know how your firearms reacting. Are you are you jerking at the 
without somebody monitoring you, if you're trying to do this and you're analyzing with rounds on target without seeing the target, sometimes it's difficult. And there's a lot of things you can do with proper training that you literally can improve that without even seeing rounds on target. And part of that is the daily ritual and process of prayer and praying for others in the spiritual warfare sense. So our feedback today is that this young lady that was in a coma finally opened her eyes, was attempting to speak. They had taken the, they were taking the ventilator out. They were putting a feeding tube in her stomach. The doctors are warning our Bars Nation person that this is going to be some severe brain damage. And her response is, you have no idea how God can heal. That's awesome. So prayers have impacted this target, this subject, this person who needs lifting. And we've seen the result of focused prayers. So I want you for a minute just to imagine prayers as a, as a weapon system and the discipline that it takes to focus. When you pull up a pistol, the discipline that it takes to stay focused on the front sight post, not to look past the target and not to look at the rear, rear framing, but you want to look at the front sight post. You want that front sight post to go right exactly where you want the round to go. That's what you want to keep your eyes on is that front sight post. And then you balance it. You put it between the bracketed, the rear sight framing, and then you put the front. And all this is kind of in blur, right? So your, your front sight post is your primary focus point. And then you p- squeeze off that trigger. And that trigger has to be smooth. Right? So fast is slow, smooth is fast. And you squeeze that off carefully. And you, you're totally disconnected from the detonation of the round. And in fact, it should surprise you in some subtle way every time. And then that round goes on target. Well, that's the level of focus and mastery that we're trying to develop in our spiritual warfare in a sense. And every one of us, I would encourage you, I guess I should say it this way, I would, I would hope that everyone is doing these sorts of assessments. It's not just sitting down and going, yo, we had a good time praying. I mean, you're stepping into a weapon system mode. And it's for that reason I think that we're starting to see a lot more impact of prayers because people are getting there and we're coming together there. And it's that focus that I is what is showing me, and this is what I was starting to allude to at the beginning, and God's showing me this every time, is as we begin in our walk in life, as we are beginning to wake up and proclaim our authorities, we're walking still with the sort of steel in our hip, the metaphor being an open carry pistol, because I don't know too many people that are going to walk around town with a sword, and I would argue quite frankly, that if you were walking with a sword, that would be more provocative than someone said I would. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. I'm laughing. Um, but typically, we don't walk around with a sword. We probably get a fire, fire alarm fire called on 911 or something. But my point is, if you imagine... The responsibility, the focus, the discipline it takes to effectively open carry a pistol. It also means situational awareness 
because you have to be aware of people in attempting to maybe come and grab your pistol. So you have to be situationally aware. You have to be adept in understanding your environment. You have to be disciplined in how you draw if you draw. You have to take the mass responsibility of knowing that that pistol is cocked and locked if you choose to carry that way. And it means that when it's drawn, you're hot. You are ready to do damage, and there is there is no playing when that comes out. Zero. And obviously, you hope even up until that moment of getting that three and a half pounds of trigger pull or less, you hope that you don't have to get there. But the reality is that when that comes out of your holster, that's the lethality you're talking about. And up until then, you are still focused on everything about that pistol. Situationally aware, very aware that like it, like making sure your safety's on, making sure that if you bump into something, that the safety doesn't get dropped. That can happen on a 1911, for example. I mean, these are very important principles. We need to carry that same responsibility with our spiritual warfare tools and that discipline. We need to be disciplining ourselves in terms of listening to Father about in our prayers. There's the listening part. There is the focus part of delivering prayer to somebody. And when we do that, it has to be very clear what we're delivering, not just random, not like just get better. This isn't a hallmark moment. I take a little pause as I've learned to do this more and more, and I'm just expressing to you, and there's people out here that are more experienced in this than me. So I, I'm not trying to talk as though the expert, because I'm not. I'm learning like we all are. And we should always, always be in a learning mode. But all I'm doing is expressing to you a journey here that I've been on and a walk that I've been on with Father to open up how to use these as effective tools. What I do know is we're doing pretty well. We rocked it with the rain down on the border. We rocked it with an earthquake at the Darien Gulf between Panama and Colombia because there was a 6.6 .6 earthquake that shook that one up. And I'm giving Father full credit of listening to prayers of us and others. Because I've heard other people prayed for rain as well along the border, which is fantastic. So we're collectively focusing in on doing this. We prayed for healing within our membership and, and our following and our, our fellow Bards Nations folks. And we've seen miraculous healings happen and testimonies coming in every week. The, the influence of the father of lies is to tell you in your head, well, that maybe that isn't so. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe that's just not quite really a prayer. It is prayer. That's like saying when you go out and you'll hear people do this, you shoot a good round, a good, a good set on the range, and someone will be like, oh, you just got lucky. And they want you to believe that. That's like saying you're not worthy. In the development of your skills, you're going to have days that you are absolutely off the rails. Good. And in the development of your days, you're going to have days that are just like it's tough. It's like a grind walking up the hill. But it's the constant doing and seeking of perfection and mastery of the art. And if you commit to that with that sort of idea every single day, the ability for us to deliver through prayer begins to be profound. Muscle memory, 2,000 times. Muscle memory, 2,000 times of repetition to be able to develop the smoothness that you need and the speed in which you need 
to be comfortable with something. If you're in martial arts, that's 2,000 times of pulling off a perfect punch or an attempt to reach a perfect punch. That's just one technique out of dozens and dozens. A good martial artist actually doesn't spend hours and hours and hours working on everything under the sun. They'll spend hours and hours and hours fundamentally mastering basics, and then as they extend out to other techniques, it always falls back to basics. So in the sense of greater works, that's a great thing to put your eye on because Christ said we could. But in a fundamental, most immediate sense, healing becomes the most predominant and most immediate need of our nation and of our people. And when I say our people, God's children, the tribes under the Lord. So that should be where everything in terms of basics comes back to. And in the basics of that, it's ask, but understand that we have the authorities when we ask. This was the sense of what Brad Cummings was talking about the other night and what you've heard me talk about a great deal. But these are this is the discipline art of doing this in English terms. So we are dealing with as spiritual warriors, not just hanging out doing some prayer. Prayer Fridays is what Father has shown me, and I'm really blessed because there was multiple inputs on creating Prayer Fridays. All of you, very blessed, and a reinforcement by Father to say this is time to do this. And we've worked together to come together as a unit to hone our skills, and it's becoming increasingly evident that there's some hella good skills in this thing. And there's some capabilities here that are like knocking the enemy on its tail. And when you start to see and experience that, you start to realize that what we're also doing is we're, we're maturing within kingdom. I've referred to this story before, but it's a good one a master of one of the arts that uh, one of the martial arts. And as I recall, he was a Taekwondoist. This, I could be mistaken on it cause I can't remember the master's name, but he came home and found his house was being burglarized. And he caught the guy leaving his house with a TV in his hand. And of course the immediate thought is, man, did you like karate chop him and whack him down? And he didn't. He engaged him, meaning he confronted him and asked him what he was doing. And by the time they had the conversation, when that conversation progressed, the burglar put the TV at his feet, started crying, and asked him to forgive him. Mission accomplished. The enemy was disarmed. And he never had to throw a single strike. Why? Because the master knew something. He knew that he possessed the tools of warfare to destroy or kill this person forever. And yet, it was that presence that allowed him to speak from a martial heart into him to where that guy could hear. Now imagine if we carried, well, this would be something we would call like the heart of Christ. To have the warrior presence of Jesus within us in such confidence that we aren't having to go, oh, Lord, should I? Oh, Lord, should I? Oh, Lord, should I? No. He wasn't having, the master wasn't having to go and say, okay, now let me think of what technique I should use 
Let me think if I should cont- really think of what my old masters taught me. Was this a good thing to do? Should I? He's not doing that. He's present in the moment with his skills and his capabilities, but now he's speaking from a completely different position. If we're truly in that body of Christ and we're training as warriors within the body of Christ and we're declaring our authorities within the body of Christ, we are embracing the body of Christ and walking with it as Christ would want us to. And this gets people a little uneasy at times because I think they think like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to be like killing people? It's like, no. Never. Other than if you try to kill me, if I can't stop you, I have every right to defend myself because thou shalt not murder is what it is. It's not thou shalt not kill. And God doesn't want us to be rolled up and turned into a dead cockroach because we were weak, lame, and, and irresponsible because this is still a violent world. But again, what are we being shown? We're shown that garden moment, which I keep coming back to because it is so profound. Peter, in his state of being, is a loyal servant to Jesus. And Peter uses his mastery of the sword to stay the attack on Jesus. And it is an attack. We can say, well, they were trying to take Jesus. It's an attack on his master. Let's be clear. And instead of killing the man, he cuts off his ear. That stays the attack. From a swordsman point of view, that's a brilliant move. You've left somebody maimed but alive with a reminder of the mightiness of the sword and the mastery which you have upon it because he's demonstrated that. Now think about this. I'm going to add to that. There are these guards that are there are some of the best and they are very skilled in the sword and yet they don't come charging and rushing in. They stand back. We all say, well, that's because of Jesus. Well, apparently not because they later arrested him. But there's definitely a moment there where I think everybody is witnessing. And this God put this on my heart, so you can take it or leave it. But Peter draws that sword, and it's it's so well done that it, it suddenly checks the others to make them reflect and go, okay, wait a minute. This guy does know what he's doing with the sword. This is going to be a heck of a fight. And Peter saves the man's life by slicing off his ear. What we witness with Jesus is this next level. And this is why this garden moment for me becomes such a powerful metaphor in our life. Why do we open carry and why on one hip and why do we open carry our faith on the other? Because what Jesus is showing Peter is, yes, you stayed and saved the life, but let me show you something greater. If you're truly within the Holy Spirit and you're wielding the sword of the Spirit as is capable through me and Father, I can heal this ear and I can bring that soul to a humbleness and re- and have him realize that even in his air of trying to grab me, he has met something greater than him and greater than he and something he will never forget that will transform his life by healing his ear. I will win him in the end without having to leave him scarred for life. That is so profound. And so I, I see these, these Fridays for me in this walk, and I hope that you're sharing it. As a process like that, we enter into the fight every Friday. In that sense, probably all of us at one point or another every day. But as a unit, we step into the fight every day or every Friday together. And in the metaphor, we are armed with our tools of warfare for this world, which would be a a sort of steel on your hip in one form or another because our mindset is there. 
But as we step over here, we're executing something far greater. We're reaching across the world to heal for prayer, to deliver prayers of healing, to deliver all sorts of different prayers of need. And as we focus in on that, we're realizing the lessons that Jesus was trying to show us in the garden. And the more that we do that, the less significant that open carry of our sort of steel becomes. It becomes a reminder rather than a tool to depend on. That's what's so good. And the farther we go down this route, we, we continue to carry this balance. And we continue to get to a place where we're able to rely and trust that what we do in the sword of spirit will be as mighty as what we conceived was the right answer with the sword of steel. Mushashi was one of the great swordsmen of Japan. He wrote the book Five Rings. And in one of his final fights, he is really before he was became enlightened. He was a drunk. He was a he was late to an, a duel. And in this duel, when he arrived, he was going up against the prince. And the prince was well-armed. Mushashi forgot his sword. Mushashi even forgot his tie around his pants. His pants were falling down around his ankle. So on the as they rode over very late for the duel, Mushashi fashioned out of a piece of paper, made a, a string to tie his pants on, and then quickly fashioned a, a wood staff out of the oar, one of the oars. And so he arrives at a fight with the prince armed with a sword of steel, and Mashashi's carrying a staff of wood. And in this moment, Mashashi wins and kills the prince with a strike and a blow with a sword of, with the wood across the head. He has gone beyond, and yes, it's a violent end, but my point is he's gone beyond the need to depend on the sword. It becomes now something greater in his whole process. And that's a lot of what the Five Rings testimony is about, is his journey through all of the duels that he's won and where he arrives to realize this greater sense of life of what warfare truly is. We're engaged in a profound war, a spiritual war of the most epic time and, and, and epic dimension. And as we lean in on Fridays, we're caring and we're building the capacity, the capability, we're refining our techniques, we're, we're teaching ourselves and being taught by Father himself of how to use these authorities in a greater way that as we dig deeper in, we now step beyond the need to rely on the tools and weapons of warfare of the mortal world. And it isn't to say that we will never that we will leave them behind because this mortal world still carries with it a violence of action that is truly real, visceral, and is physical. But the greater that we step into this other space, the more capable we have. And that requires a discipline. And that discipline requires practice daily. It re it, and little by little, it's like doing katas in, in the martial arts. You do these over and over and over. Why? Because they just want you to learn a dance? No, because the more that you do them, the more that you, you do in repetition, they become muscle memory. And so when you're caught in a situation, at moments of an ambush or a flurry of fight, you, may, you will eventually default back to the patterning and motions that you were taught, and they will start to make sense in this, from the kata of art, of discipline, of training, to the kata of real life. Right now, we're doing great works in terms of healing, and that's literally the kata of this training period.
But what lies on the horizon, we don't know. But what we do know is there's a tremendous amount of demonic activity in our world right now. And you could carry all the ammo you want on your on your kit. You can pack yourself with any sort of weapon you want in your hip. You can do a three-gun setup. You can carry a shotgun, a rifle, an assault rifle, and a pistol. You can do that. You can master the transitions. You can do all of that. And I got news for you. You are not going to touch anything in the demonic realm other than just make a lot of noise. But that discipline process of learning that is the same level of commitment we have to make in the spiritual tools. And as we do, and some of this is unknown. This is some unknown space because we really don't know all of the ins and outs. Like you can go on YouTube and you can spend hours learning from Navy SEALs and Special Forces guys and other people that are very good NRA trainers, it's all there on how to learn the techniques of proper handgun work, proper rifle work, proper shotgun work. You can practice that and practice that and practice that. You never even need an instructor. If you do the discipline, you will learn and mature, okay? In the spiritual realm, we have the Bible, and there's no specific laydown of what those tools, methods, techniques, katas, they're not there, but we're putting them together. And part of that is that in my opinion, the way God wants it to be, because through him we learn, and through that we start to embrace the authorities, because the authorities are profound. And this is where I want to end tonight. It goes back to that round in chamber. You can't be careless and reckless with a pistol, with a rifle, with any sort of firearm. It is absolutely, that's why people have NDs. That's why people die of stupid stuff because they don't realize or don't give the credence to how lethal that weapon is on their hip. The same goes for our spiritual tools. We have the power of life and death within our words. What we say, what we speak into the world has power. We just don't honor that like we used to. Careless statements made can cause severe damage. And these are the sorts of damages that last a lifetime or even generations. If you question that, look around at how they're fighting us. They're using an unrelented, unrestrained informational war to do everything from diminish the Bible to turn people into a different gender, and they're succeeding at it because at the core of their mission is to tell us, to have us convinced that we are unworthy and that God has made us imperfect as we are. That's the core message of everything they send. And we're surrounded by it. It's everywhere. You bump into it. You bump into it with your neighbor. Someone who, unless you're around high achievers, and even then, everyone has these moments. But on a daily basis, most people in the world just don't see the world as a a prosperous place. They see it as a place they have to fight in or a place that's beat them down. That's not how God wants us to walk. And if there's one lesson that comes out of Jesus, it's that even in confrontation, he controlled the environment where he operated in. He walks into the Pharisees' temple. He calls them out. He calls them names. And still, he controls the environment. He flips the tables. He does, a riot doesn't ensue. He controls the environment. He pulls out a whip and drives them out of the market with a whip. He controls the environment. He heals the sick. Even when, even when he casts out the demons of legion, and the pigs go running off the hill. And the town asks him to go away out of fear and panic. He still controls the environment. 
That presence is the command presence that we're trying to bring about into this world. But we have to take the responsibility to understand how lethal these tools are we carry. There's a very fine line between the miracles of God and stepping across a line into the world of white and black magic. And if you aren't aware of it, please hear this. I hear these sorts of things all the time. We need to pray to have that person break and come to the feet of Jesus. That's not for us to do. We can pray to have an encounter that will that Jesus can have an encounter with them and that they can see Jesus and have a profound experience and desire to come to him. But God gave us all free will. The minute that we step across that line and we start using these spiritual tools to break somebody, to bring them by force, we are now playing the game that Lucifer had and, and the argument that Lucifer originally had with Father. That's where the fall comes from. So we need to be understanding, cognizant of the fact that we have been given amazing authorities. And I think this is why, ultimately, why it is not taught much in churches, because they don't know how to handle them or they don't appreciate them, and it's easier to stay away from them. And I think it's why it takes so long for God to open up those responses, and yet things amazing things are happening here every Friday. So that should give you great hope and encouragement. But to know that we're being trained, God is leading us in this training. He is guiding us in this process of awakening us and having us realize who we are. We are the children of the Most High. And that should just put chills down your spine in a beautiful way. It should give you goosebumps all over, or as some people like to say, chicken skin. It should give you chills. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High. Tell me, if we are the sons and daughters of the Most High, what is not possible? The answer is nothing. Tell me what is possible, everything. But everything for the heart that is ready for it, everything for the humbleness that comes before Father, and only He will release that when it is the proper heart and place to be. Because what we wield truly is the power of life and death. What we carry makes a gun look like a toy looks like a water pistol because we literally carry the ability to shake the world. And that's a profound responsibility and a great humbleness that has to be put on our heart to understand that when we demand justice or we demand judgment or this, that there's times that Father may say, don't ask me for that. Don't. Because I see something else, and I know that you want to ask for this, but don't ask me for that. I want you to pray for love. I want you to pray for, and other times he may ask you, I need you to pray for judgment. And even then we'd like, what? And it may be so. But that's us being in tune with him, but understanding that there is an incredible magnitude of power and force that we deliver on this battlefield. And it's going to have to begin with our confidence of declaring the authorities, our connection of listening to him, our discipline of practicing, listening and practicing and doing on a daily basis, and then having these live fire exercises that we do every Friday where we come together and literally work together to refine our capabilities and deliver that most powerful blessing that we can of healing while rebuking demons and casting out all of their influences, healing families together, praying for the power of Jesus to come in, praying for the power of the Holy Spirit to protect a home and fill hearts and minds, 
and giving people an experience where they can truly see clearly in the world and make a choice for which path and to whom they will serve. Let's pray. Father, very humbled to be here and very humbled with the education and wisdom that we're being given. These are powerful times. And as we lean in and we try to seek the authorities, hear our hearts, Father, we're going to make mistakes. And you know that, but we're being candid about it up front. Not everything is going to execute correctly or perfectly. And even as I say that, I can hear and the reminder that you know. But that's why as we come to you with a loving heart that even then, the stumbling that we do, you will guide it in and make it so. Father, we're really praying now for the deeping, deeper awareness and awakening of the power of the word of life, the power of words are life and death, that the power of our prayers are of equal magnitude. And to start appreciating the responsibility that we carry as we lean in and accept and declare the authorities given to us by Jesus and why that framing has been so important, why it has always been through me and through me to the Father, as Jesus would say. And as we declare these things in the Savior's name, and as we seek to ask you, Father, directly for the things we we are needing in this world, that they are things ultimately driven by that those the kingdom would seek, not vengeance, not retribution, not anger, not hatred, not anxiety, not fear, and a myriad of other emotions that have all the negative connotations, but rather coming from a loving and forgiving heart to be able to speak there with truth and clarity and grounding within the rock of faith and truly to embrace all of that is given that as we anchor ourselves purely there, the greater that the doors of heaven open and the greater that our delivery can be made to start witnessing greater miracles of healing, greater miracles of casting out demons, raising the dead, and even seeking that next level of greater works than he. The authorities that you've given us over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and what that means in a command presence on the battlefield. And as we begin to truly embrace these powers, Father, these authorities, not powers, authorities, we just ask for the continued lessons of humbleness and wisdom, and temperance, and mercy settle into our heart as you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Iron sharpens iron, Father, as we work together. And may your wisdom continue to pour down upon us And may the blessing of our Savior continue to fill us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This stuff gets me energized because this is a level of warfare where everybody is engaged and we're not limited by our geographical space. We're reaching around the world. We're impacting things around the world. We're shaking things around the world. And there can be no doubt that that's the path that we should be working. Imagine as we deal with a small remnant, what this looks like if you get into the hundreds of thousands of people on the same task and purpose to be able to pray into something and what that looks like. There's no place for the devil. He's running. Our world has been deeply and savagely hit by a clot shot, 
by mutilation surgeries, by hormone therapies, by an information war that has left deep scars and damages, by sexual abuse that have left people deeply emotionally scarred, and much more. As humans in this earth, in this time, there are no known cures for any of that. Let's be clear. Sure, there's doctors working on some things that look promising to improve the effects of the clot shot. Sure, there are things that people can do to work through trauma and try to get over it. But in the end, there's always a scar that's left that doesn't just go away. But healing of the level we're talking about can remove all of that. Because we become the agents, the vehicles, the process by which the hands of Jesus work and the Holy Spirit works through us and the power and love of Father God flows. And we can be the facilitators for the greatness that people need to see, to witness truly the power of the living God. Imagine a world where literally prayer is the place people seek for healing. And we're seeing it happen here on a small scale, yet it's growing every week. A show that was 30 minutes on Friday went to an hour, then to an hour 15, then an hour and a half. Today, two and a half hours of straight focused prayer of waging war, waging war against the devil and winning at every step. That just gets my excitement going is to a level of spiritual warfare and truly what our calling becomes in a greater level beyond what any of us have perhaps ever really seen or conceived. And we're doing it together in the body of Christ, not just one person, not two, not where two or three are gathered. It becomes where tens and tens and maybe even hundreds are gathered, focusing on the same thing, to deliver that glory of kingdom into this world, to give people a touch of the love of Jesus, to give them hope, to inspire healing, to see them raise up within the body of Christ, to be active warriors on the battle plane, to be able to truly have testimony, to give and share, to inspire others, to seek the love of Christ. And we change everything. And we free those that are oppressed. And we free those that are chained and enslaved. And we don't have to fly airplanes and drop out of them with parachutes. And we don't have to drop bombs on another place. Instead, we do this in the focus and body of Christ wherever we sit as we unify in our prayer to deliver our focus and our love, our compassion, or even our wrath against evil. But we do so always with a loving and forgiving heart to seek that hand of God to work through us as David faced Goliath, equally as Jesus healed the crippled. This is the balance of heaven's warrior, an unbelievable balance that takes violence on action to a whole different level a focused amount that we collectively work together in the body to literally transform this world and we can win. We can be victorious in a moment where things at times seem like they're overwhelming, overconsuming. they're coming at us from every angle. We just speak Jesus. Speak Jesus and rebuke it. Set the hedge of protection around us. Set the hedge of protection around this nation. Set the hedge of protection around these children. Speak Jesus to rebuke the demonic force and speak Jesus to heal the hearts and minds, to restore them to clarity so that they can truly choose whom they will serve. Patriots, have a very blessed weekend.
I'll see you Sunday night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you Sunday night for peace be still. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body.